Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. but We all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the Burner Less Lethal Pistol Launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, after a cold, wet winter, it's officially tulip season at 1-800-Flowers.com. And when it comes to surprising your friends and loved ones with the best blooms and the brightest colors, well, there's only one place to go, 1-800-Flowers.com. Now, these gorgeous flowers have just arrived just in time for Easter and at a truly unbeatable price. Now, right now, 1-800-Flowers is giving you, my listeners, an exclusive 30 for 30 offer. 30 assorted tulips for just 30 bucks. And with a bright and beautiful mix of orange and yellow and pink blooms, well, these assorted tulips are perfect for surprising anyone at Easter, maybe for a birthday or just because, because, because. Now, 30 assorted tulips for just 30 bucks is an amazing offer. It expires Friday. And when it comes to getting spring tulips, I don't settle for anything less than 1-800-Flowers.com. Now to order 30 stunning assorted tulips for only 30 bucks, just go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click on the radio icon, put in my last name, Hannity. 1-800-Flowers.com, put in the promo code Hannity. Hurry, because this offer ends on Friday. All right, glad you're with us. What is a busy, busy Wednesday news edition of the Sean Hannity Show? Write down our toll-free telephone number. We'd love to have you be a part of the uh, extravaganza 800-941-SEAN. Well, following three big stories today, there is movement on the issue of health care. And we'll tell you more about that in just a second. The uh, Senate, by the way, the GOP is finally using the constitutional option to press ahead on Neil Gorsuch, Gorsuch and his nomination for the Supreme Court. And if all 30 hours of post-cloture time is used, then the vote would take place tomorrow evening. And the GOP simply extended the precedent from the 2013 Supreme Court nominations. Uh, There is an expectation that the House is going to leave today uh, without a GOP health care bill. But there is an emerging possibility that they could be called back into session next week. As there are rumors running rampant that 
they're very close to getting a deal and uh, that it is a drastically different, improved version of what the last bill was. And I will update you uh, when that when that becomes available to us. And uh, let me start with Gorsuch. Then we're going to get into the spy agencies. We got two big parts of the spy agency story that we're going to get to today, you know, as it relates to leaking and as it relates to leaking intelligence, surveillance and unmasking. And one is with Sarah Carter at the top of the next hour. She and John Solomon, who've been really leading the whole investigation here in the rest of the media that's basically brain dead, lazy, overpaid and pretty ignorant and politicized. But this is now emerging into a point where I can't see any other possibility at all of any reason that this has taken place. In other words, what Susan Rice acknowledged, what she first lied about two weeks ago, just like she lied about Benghazi, that our intelligence community has been weaponized. Our intelligence community has now been politicized. Now, for this to happen, it has to happen at the highest levels of government. The high, it would have to be the Susan Rice's the Brennans of the CIA, the Clappers National Director of Intelligence, it has to be at that level. How Evelyn Farkas ever got the information she had is beyond any understanding that I have at this point. I'm sure that the House Intel Committee and the Senate Intel Committee and others will be looking into this. I have no doubt that a grand jury at some point is going to be convened here because we know that felonies have been committed. Now it's just a matter of who, how many, who, and who knew what, when, and where. And probably even as we speak these very days that there is probably a lot going on that we don't know about in terms of a cover-up. The cover-up's happening now. I guarantee it's happened already, and it's probably happening even as we speak. That's my expectation. That's speculation on my part. I tend to bet everything I have that I'm right on that. Because it's now, you know, for for Susan Rice to go on NBC as she did two days ago is beyond telling because she had to get out of what she had said two weeks ago when she said, I know nothing about this because she knows there's documentation that would prove otherwise. She didn't willingly go on MSNBC and Andrea Mitchell with their scripted interview back and forth with each other. I mean, they almost were playing parts in a, a movie. It was so scripted in my mind. But anyway, you know, for her to admit the surveillance, yes, of of Trump and and candidate Trump and and president elect Trump and associates and the unmasking of the names. Now, here's where it gets very fascinating. Now, the primary justification that Susan Rice and her Democratic defenders for unmasking the identities of Trump aides in these these top secret surveillance kind of went up in smoke because they said those identities were unmasked because of national security concerns. Well, Fox News has also now gotten on the bandwagon with Sarah Carter, and they've been doing pretty good investigative work themselves, people like James Rosen and Adam Housley. And they said that these identities were unmasked because of these national security concerns. But Fox is now reporting today that it looks a lot more like that Rice and the rest of the team of Obama and associates were on what I have always suspected, which is a fishing expedition to find embarrassing personal details that could be used in political attacks. Now, Fox is reporting that the intelligence reports at the center of Susan Rice's unmasking controversy that they were, quote, detailed, almost resembling a private investigator's file, according to 
a Republican congressman familiar with the, the documents. Now, let me just backtrack here. Remember the reporting of, of Sarah Carter. Remember what she spent a lot of time going into detail on, and that is what changed in, in 2011. In other words, due to the rules that Obama got approved by the Pfizer Review Court as it relates to these issues of surveillance and unmasking, that, in other words, they they fought hard in the intelligence community under Obama to get these rules relaxed. They were claiming the changes would improve intelligence sharing aimed at solving threats and lone wolf terrorism and hackers and foreign espionage. That's what they claimed. And as a result of these rule changes by the Pfizer Review Court in 2011 and adapted again in 2015, just before he left office in January... Remember, the two weeks prior to him leaving office, the amendment to Executive Order 12333, and now you can share that information with 16 new agencies, which, of course, he never wanted to live under those rules himself. But now it's all beginning to create a pretty big image. And then you put together what Congressman Peter King, who's on the House Intel Committee, and a smart guy and not somebody that's shy, he actually said the following, quote, this is information about everyday lives. So what was what have I been saying now for the last number of days that they were using the guise of national security to spy, surveil Trump and his his transition team and his campaign team. So this is everything that I was discussing now for weeks is now being confirmed by Congressman Peter King that, in fact, the intelligence community has been a politicized and be weaponized. Peter King goes on to say this information is about people's everyday lives. So in other words, it's not about Russia. It's not about China. It's not about Iran. This is about a police state is what he's describing here. He goes on to say it's sort of like in a a divorce case where lawyers are hired and investigators are hired just to find out what the other person is doing morning until night. And then you try and piece it together later on. Okay, that that doesn't have anything to do with national security. And under the guise of national security, what they're saying was false. Anyway, then he goes on before he and Devin Nunes, by the way, only recused himself. This is being made into a bigger deal than it really is. And I think he did it for for um, good purposes. I'm getting an update here. Yeah, There is a chance on this health care bill. There is a chance. And if they do come to an agreement, they will come back next week. To do it. That I can confirm. That's that would definitely happen anyway. But back to so Devin Nunes just recused himself only from the Russia party remains the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. He has been unfairly maligned. Now, if he has to go, then I make the case that Adam Schiff, who already is has prejudiced himself and sided with Susan Rice, is incapable of being objective. Now, I'm saying that Adam Schiff, the Democratic leader on the Intel Committee, he needs to recuse himself, too. Anyway, before he stepped down from from that one issue today and recused himself on that one issue, uh, Devin Nunes had consistently stated that the files caused him deep concern because the unmasking went beyond the former national security advisor, Michael Flynn, and the information was not related to Moscow. Do you understand where we're going here? We're now heading into the police state territory. We're now heading into weaponizing intelligence to use against political opponents. We are now stepping into an arena where, oh, let's use all these great intelligence tools we have. Let's spy on people that we don't like 
and then we could blackmail them, we can intimidate them, we can silence them, and we can do whatever the hell we want to shut them down. You got it? You see what how, how really, now you get the picture. And if Peter King is saying this is about their everyday lives and having nothing to do with it, with national security, which Susan Rice is claiming, and they're looking into, you know, that's the same as hiring a lawyer or an investigator, finding out where people are, when and where all day. That This has nothing to do with national security and everything to do with smear, slander, intimidation, possible blackmail opportunities, and everything else associated with these types of, of rogue actions. This is really, really so far beyond anything Watergate-related. It's beyond anything you could even ever imagine. But I can, I continue. Now, remember Susan Rice in the scripted, seemingly scripted interview with Andrea Mitchell, you know, says the reports were requested by the Obama administration, which announced the probe into the Russia election hacking issue in December. Two mo- but this was happening before then. This was happening in October before the election. The Office of the Director of National Intelligence, Homeland Security Department, put out a joint statement about Moscow interference. And Rice told Andrea Mitchell, fulfilling the president's request, his request came in December. So none of that makes any sense either. And then it goes well beyond this. Now, our friend DeRoy Murdoch detailed the real Russiagate scandal, and, and he's picked up on what we've talked about, which is the Uranium One deal. And, you know, I think he did a really good job and. You know, it turns out there's a ton of evidence supporting claims that the one candidate in last year's presidential election that was completely compromised by connections to the Kremlin was Hillary. And nobody ever wants to talk about it. And Roy Murdoch made that case very strong during a visit to Moscow in March of 2010. Then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton explained the purpose of of America's reset with the Kremlin. Our goal is to help strengthen Russia. She actually made that. That quote, if Donald Trump had ever said that, imagine where the Democrats would be. And beyond her personally signing off on the Uranium One deal and all the players associated and surrounding it, donating millions and millions of dollars to the Clinton Foundation and control of 20 percent of America's uranium stockpile going to Putin via Hillary and Bill Clinton getting double his speaking fees. I mean, it's pretty unbelievable You know, Hillary helping Boeing seal a major sale to the Kremlin. That was part of it. All this money funneled back. Whatever happened to these investigations? Where is James Comey? Anyway, uh, Nunes' uh, Nunes replacement may add Hillary to the Russiagate probe. Mike Conway and and Congressman Trey Gowdy have taken over. I would not want to mess with Trey Gowdy on any legal matter. Let me put it that way. Anyway... Conway, the new leader of the House Intelligence Committee's probe on the rush of meddling, once compared Moscow's hacking to Mexican singers campaigning for Hillary Clinton. That was pretty funny. But he may add Hillary to the Russiagate probe. You know, because he goes on to say he told the Dallas Morning News that they're foreign actors, foreign people influencing the vote in, in Nevada. You don't hear the Democrats screaming and saying one word about it. Sure, it's foreign influence. He was asked about looking into the Hillary stuff. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. All right, Ann Coulter today, Rick Unger, Jonathan Gillum, Sarah Carter will break down the new developments on this story in her new column out today. And 
and she's getting deeper and deeper. And she, they are doing such a deep dive on this. It's amazing. And it really is unpeeling an onion, a layer of an onion a day. But I'm telling you where it's all pointing towards. Weaponizing, politicizing, and turning, uh, you know, this Obama police state, it seems to be emerging in this. 800, yeah, I'm saying it. That's what it appears to be, according to the comments of Peter King. Looking for fake news? You won't find it here. You're with Sean Hannity. On the air now. now. All right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. And what's changed? Just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life. And, of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster. I stay asleep longer. And now you can, too. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Use the promo code Hannity. And Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has the special four-pack. Now, you get 40% off two MyPillow premiums and two go-anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com right now or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity, to get Mike Lindell's special four-pack offer. You get two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows for 40% off, and that means once those pillows arrive, you start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep healing and recuperative sleep that you've been craving and you certainly deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. You will love this pillow. Ah, we've got a snowflake update. They're back. They can't control themselves. I see Rosie's back at it. So, is someone waiting to tap in when you tap out? Because I'm up. Not a lot of sleep since 9-11. What is she talking about, 11-9? She goes, not a lot of sleep since 11-9 or 9-11. Really? So, you're going to compare 9-11 to 11-9? 2016 because Donald Trump got elected and she's just just off the hinges here there's an interesting piece about all this leading New York Times columnist is actually warning fellow Democrats that their out of control anger over Trump's election risks further alienating middle America you think it could consign the party to permanent minority status in other words Democrats you ever want to see the inside of the White House again you better stop Madonna and Rosie and Ashley Judd uh, from talking about their fantasizing about blowing up the White House or bleeding and their whatever. You know, as, as what, what did Ashley Judd say again? We got it there somewhere. You know, Nicholas Kristoff is the one that's warning them. So, and I absolutely despise these people, one woman tweeted. But these people have gone nuts. And to our detractors that insist that this march will never add up to anything fuck you fuck you but this is the hallmark of revolution yes i'm angry yes i am outraged yes i have thought an awful lot about blowing up the white house i am a nasty woman i'm nasty like my blood stains on my bed sheets we don't actually choose if and when to have our periods believe me if we could some of us would we don't like throwing away our favorite pairs of underpants tell me why are tampons and pads still taxed when viagra and rogaine are not is your erection really more than pre- 
sacred, messy part of my womanhood is the blood stain on my jeans. More embarrassing than the thinning of your hair. And we will continue when we get back. We have all the other news of the day. Neil Gorsuch, the constitutional option. Let me update you on health care. So the House Rules Committee earlier today was considering changes to the stalled health care bill. And these changes proposed by Representative Gary Palmer and, and David Schweikert, Palmer of Alabama, Schweikert of Arizona, that would alter the risk pools. Um, there was no plan, is no plan to bring this bill to the House floor now. And most members have now ditched Washington, supposedly to go on a two-week Easter Passover recess. But um, there is a possibility of a recall of members if, in fact, progress is made today. And one of the, I'm giving you some of the updates as Fox News is putting it in the urgent file on the on the Fox News grid. And some lawmakers supported the risk pool addition and, and uh, some see it as an effort to save face and act as though the GOP was actually trying to get somewhere on, on health care as they abandoned the Capitol for the two-week recess. And they thinking was that the two-week recess could apply pressure on lawmakers to vote for the bill because they're going to go home and get an earful from their constituents. And uh, But Fox is reporting this is not a magic bullet. Other changes have to be made. And uh, apparently that... Um, you know, Ryan was pushing members to do health care soon because he needs, you know, there's a trillion dollars in savings, maybe over a trillion dollars in savings if they pass this bill. And that money then would be applied to the economic plan. Now, they, they come back on the 24th and four days later, they're facing an ominous potential government shutdown. So not getting this done before Easter and going on a two week hiatus is just ridiculous in the world that all of you and I live in. Wouldn't it be nice to take a two-week holiday? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm gone for two weeks. Then come back for four weeks, then take a four-month, four-week holiday, then take the summer off. It's unbelievable how little these guys work. Um, I have an update that just got in now. Anyway, multiple lawmakers are wondering why there's such an effort now in the last 12 hours when um, if they truly saved the bill, the GOP would have kept their members. Some are saying... But others are saying they would need three days to write up a new bill and therefore let their members go home for the weekend, come back Monday or Tuesday, if in fact they're able to have a breakthrough in this. And there was a, an effort to bring the Palmer Schweikert to the Rules Committee was, you know, some are claiming this is a good improvement. Others are claiming this is an illusion that this was a member driven process when it was really a top down, uh, a leadership driven process and some criticism that the bill crafted by by Speaker Ryan and the House Energy Committee Chairman Greg Walden and the House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Kevin Brady did not do that. So, you know, this goes to what I've been complaining about from the very beginning, and that is the process of how they've done this whole thing. It makes absolutely no sense that you hide a bill, you go score it, nobody reads the bill, rumors are flying all over the place about what's in the bill, then the bill comes out, then the rumors are confirmed, you have not one single group within the caucus or the conference that supports it. And then you put the president, put the bill in the president's hands and say, this is this has all the things that I've wanted in there. 
And meanwhile, then it's a three-stage process to actually get to where you want. Now it's down to a two-stage process. So they're, they're making some headway here. But I think one of the big obstacles in all of this is, you know, on the one hand, you're going to want Democrats that want pretty much everything paid for by everybody else, and they want redistribution of wealth in this bill. And that was one of the big problems of Obamacare, which was the young and the healthy were paying for the sick, the elderly, and the disabled. And meanwhile, you have, you're certainly going to need some high-risk pools, but I think that was already taken care of in the bill. And those with pre-existing conditions, you can't ignore those people and the people that can't afford anything. But the amount of savings that is so relevant to moving on to their economic plan to get the economy juiced, it, it just becomes troublesome that after eight years, this is where we find ourselves. It's, it's beyond frustrating to me. And then they're taking a two-week vacation. Isn't that nice? Wouldn't you like a two? Uh, Jason and and where's Ethan? He's not even here today. Where's he? He was here earlier. He was here. I had to let him go early today. Why? He had something to do. What's the something to do? And why am I not consulted considering I'm the boss? I'm Well, I'm the boss and then you're the boss. Okay. I'm the boss. I'm the boss I'm first. I'm looking in a then, room that usually, hang boss. on. I'm looking in a room that has usually has Four people. You're trying to save the country right now. Do you really need to be concerned with these things? So I'm looking at a room. Sunshine is in here today. Where is she? I had to give her a day off. Why did you have to give her a day off? She wasn't feeling well And why wasn't I consulted? Like I said, you're trying to save the country. Uh, You're the same guy who always tells us, if you're not feeling well, don't come into work because I don't want to get sick. So in essence, you really did give her the day. I just would like to know so there's at least an illusion um, Sean, that I, I'm in Ethan the loop. and Lauren are not going to be here today. A little late to tell me. <laughs> Great. So we have no call screener. We have no editor I'm for the show. I'm doing it. I'm editing. I'm screening. I've got it. Well, Sweet Baby James is doing his job. He's in his office. But he, I let him work in the office because that's where What he, does Sweet Baby James have to do with the three jobs that I'm he's doing? He's sending over are everything trying to that say I'm that asking for. I'm not for? adequate at doing the three jobs? Kind of. I mean, well, then why? Then why? Then why would we have four people if you could do their job? Why am I paying those people? Because now I'm very stressed. I'm getting gray hair early. When so the only reason we have two other have people is so experience in here, and you're and you're just poo pooing it. Not, What's with the poo poo? Not poo pooing. I'm just. I just would like to be consulted, considering I know that you may think at times this is your show. And that you're the boss. I never think that this is my show, and but that, I know that, that I am the boss. You, you are not the boss. <laughs> you know, in case somebody forgot, I do still have the ability to hire and fire around here. That's right. I would never hire and fire anybody. That's above my pay grade. Oh, you go to bat for people that you want hired all the time. All, you constantly are going to bat. You got to hire him. He needs a job. But I don't hire them without talking to you. Yes talk, or no? Talking to me. Yeah. I have to like the then person. Then I talk to you. Well, I have to like the person. You want me to call you tomorrow morning let you know who's going to be here? No, I would like well, everyone to show up. Well, there you go. That's why I didn't call you, see? I really don't want that You're a very fickle man. I am not a fickle man. All right, let me get to the issue of what's going on. There's some really interesting stuff here as it relates to the constitutional option. There's a really funny headline on the Drudge Report. Republicans push the button, and it's got like a nuclear explosion picture going on there. Um, let me first say that it's about time. It's about time Republicans have got to come to an understanding. Democrats hate them. They want to destroy their president. They don't want them to be successful in any way. And uh, by the way, there is a House Republicans are now pressing Trump to fire Obama's IRS commissioner. That has to happen. That, they have to get rid of this guy. 
And I'm not saying it because I'm under audit even now as we speak. It has nothing to do with it. Oh, it's not political. I pay, I, I pay the highest percentage imaginable because I just always knew in the back of my head that I'd be a target. So, you know, it's, it's so obnoxious using the IRS as a weapon and everybody's intimidated by it. I'm not. It's not that I'm intimidated. I got better things to do with my life and I don't want to put my family in jeopardy. And so I made a, a financial decision that in the end, I might as well just pay it because by the time you pay your accountants and your lawyers and everybody else involved in the process, it's kind of a wash anyway. And I don't want to deal with the headache, but I still get the headache anyway. It's unbelievable. Anyway, but I digress. But so Republicans, they do the right thing. They, they go by the 200-year precedent, and they go along with, okay, we're going to give an up-or-down vote. They allow a cloture vote. In other words, they allow the up-or-down vote for the, even if it's Elena Kagan, a Sonia Sotomayor, or Ruth Bader Ginsburg, or any other left-wing lunatic that, the, that Obama or anybody else wants to put on the court. But the Democrats break with that tradition. Harry Reid's precedent is to put everybody on the court. The only, only position he didn't use it for is the Supreme Court. So now Republicans, finally, it's reported in the Hill, are making an additional change to the Senate rules or precedence is what they're really talking about here uh, to go forward and confirm President Trump's nominees. Now, this is separate from the expected vote that would prevent the Democrats from using the filibuster to block Trump's nominee to the Supreme Court, Neil Gorsuch. And the additional change into consideration now will impact there's like 500 Trump positions that have yet to be filled. And, and it's obviously wearing on everybody else because these are real jobs that are really important in top positions. Otherwise, they wouldn't need confirmation. Anyway, it would reduce the debate time after a nominee clears an initial procedural hurdle from 30 hours to eight, greatly reducing how long the Senate would need to confirm Trump nominees. John Cornyn said the talks were aimed at finding ways to speed up the consideration of Trump's non-cabinet selections. He said there's been discussion about that. And I think what they ought to do is just con- continue and expand on. Why not make it for legislation that we don't even have to consider? You know, reconciliation, the bird rule, cloture ever again. Who gives a rip? Because the Democrats are never going to play fair. By the way, it was pretty shocking today to read in the Washington Post both Bob Dole and Trent Lott make the case that the Senate has changed, that you can't, there's no more reasonable discussions with Democrats because they're so hyper and bitterly partisan. So Dennis, Senate's Democrats have set all of this up. And now that has resulted in Senate Republicans deploying the nuclear option because of the filibuster, partisan filibuster of Chuck Schumer and, and company. And it now led to the point of order, and it now led to the Republicans doing what was necessary because the Democrats were never going to be fair. They had no intention of ever being fair. So I actually think that this is a a good thing in the long run because at the end of the day, there's always going to be that double standard. Anyway, so if you want to understand the process more, I can tell you what it is. What they call the nuclear constitutional option is just a parliamentary maneuver which changes Senate precedent, not the rules, precedent. I'm giving, you the, I'm giving you the nitty-gritty on this if you're interested. So it lowers the bar to break the filibuster, which the Democrats started, on a Supreme Court nominee from 60 votes to 51 votes because none of the Democrats, you had four of them that were willing to allow an up or down vote. Mitch McConnell deployed this option to break the Democratic filibuster for Neil Gorsuch, 
and the vote is expected. Now they have 30 hours of of whatever going on in the Senate in the meantime of debate, and then he will be confirmed sometime tomorrow evening. Now, you, you really shouldn't call it the nuclear option of rule change, because what it is officially is a change of Senate precedent. For example, the Senate does much of its work based on long-established precedents. Changing the, the 44 standing rules of the Senate requires a procedural vote. That would mean 67 yeses, so that's not going to happen because it's such a high bar. So it's easier to alter the precedent rather than change the rules, which is what McConnell, to his credit, is doing. And in 2013, Harry Reid initiated this nuclear option by dropping the bar to break the filibuster from 60 to 51 votes on every other type of of executive branch nominee, as well as federal judges and cabinet secretaries. So a change in precedent is just basically lowering the bar to break a filibuster on legislation. And uh, McConnell is uh, insisted that he's not going to switch that, but many wonder if the Democrats... And now Republicans have opened a Pandora's box, arguing that eventually changing the filibuster precedent for legislation is a fait accompli. I say do it. Do it all. Because the Democrats, and if your argument is, well, the Democrats, well, they then they'll have that ability. Okay. Well, the, they basically have it now because Republicans are too nice and they, they concede and allow up and down votes for people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Elena Kagan and Sonia Sotomayor. Yeah, payback is going to be hell. Don't elect Democrats to the Senate. That'll save us. So Republicans feel the precedent has already been set by Harry Reid, and there's never been a successful filibuster of his Supreme Court nominee. The Senate has rejected 12 nominees before. The last was Robert Bork in 1987. The Senate successfully filibustered the nomination of uh, Associate Justice Abe Fortas to become Chief Justice in 68. He was already on the court. And anyway, all 52 GOP senators will vote to end the filibuster. Four Democratic senators would join them. So they needed four more Democrats. So some uh, Senate Republicans, you know, this this is the only option they had because there's nobody that would be acceptable to Chuck Schumer and company. Nobody. And this is how they roll. This is what they do. This is how bitterly partisan they are. They have broken a 200 year history. And now the Republicans either give into it, and to the credit of the Republicans, they're finally doing something smart. Shocking. It's a rare moment where you have to give them credit for doing the right thing. Thank God. And Neil Gorsuch, I hope, will be the person we think that he is. By all indications, he is. Hey, listen, if you're like me and you are a responsible gun owner, well, what if I told you you can win 1500 bucks? You'd have 10 chances to win 1500 bucks to get and buy the gun of your dreams. Well, whatever it happens to be, that's going to come true, that dream, for 10 lucky people, thanks to our friends at the USCCA. Now, the United States Concealed Carry Association, they provide education, training, self-defense insurance for responsible gun owners like you and me. All you have to do is go to DefendFamily.com right now. You'll be locked into your 10 chances to win. It's that easy. Now, this is not going to last forever. Your eligibility ends on May 31st. The details are simple. I don't want you to miss out. Ten legal U.S. residents, 21 and older, each get 1500 bucks. You get to buy any gun you want, no restrictions. And all you have to do is go to DefendFamily.com. You'll see the official rules. Lock in your 10 chances to win. It's that simple. And just go to DefendFamily.com. DefendFamily.com. All right, we'll come back. Sarah Carter 
investigative reporter, our friend, national senior national security correspondent for Circa.com, has her new column out today. We'll get to that and the latest on the surveillance, unmasking, and the leaking of intelligence, which is now becoming very obvious that we have weaponized the intelligence community. Sean Hannity. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, toll-free. Our telephone number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Our top story remains, although we're watching now the constitutional option being used by Republicans. Finally, we're getting some work out of these guys. It's good to see a little bit of backbone, a little bit of strength. We're watching, monitoring all of that unfolding. But uh, our good friend Sarah Carter over at Circa News and John Solomon over at Circa News are now advancing this this surveillance, unmasking, intelligence leaking story, and their headline today is U.S. spy agencies intercept, unmask congressional figures as often as once a month. Add to that comments by Congressman Peter King about the intelligence reports that center around Susan Rice and the unmasking controversy, and he's describing it as almost resembling a private investigator's file. Quote, this is information about their everyday lives. He's a member of the House Intel Committee, sort of like in a divorce case where lawyers are hired and investigators are hired just to find out what the other person is doing from morning until night. And then you try and piece it together later on. And, of course, Devin Nunez stepped aside, recused himself only from the Russia side of the investigation. And Trey Gowdy and others will be stepping in to take his place. Uh, Not a smart move by the Democrats, in my opinion. And it raises questions about whether Adam Schiff, who's already jumped to conclusions, and is defending Susan Rice, whether he should also step aside. Sarah Carter, a lot to get to today. How are you? I'm doing great, Sean. Thank you. All right, let's get into this new column and this new layer of the onion you've been able to unpeel here. Oh, yes. Um, I think that this is very significant uh, to the point where not only were we concerned when it was revealed to us that the unmasking, really, of congressional representatives uh, on the Hill, but the fact that Many of them don't even know they're being unmasked. So we went back and talked to people who were in charge. Uh, Chairman Pete Huckstra spoke spoke with me last night. And I wanted to know, does this happen regularly? I mean, was this something that he was familiar with? And he said this absolutely did not happen on a regular basis, that the only time they were aware of unmasking of a congressional representative's telephone conversation or intercept with persons overseas, if, for example— uh, a congressional representative was approached by somebody, let's say, from Russia or the Ukraine or China, and that person was posing as somebody else, and they were trying to talk to our congressman or uh, about about a particular issue. So if, if the intelligence community knew that the person that was in communication or reaching out to somebody in Congress was a spy, was working with the FSB in Russia or something else, then they may take that to the gang of eight or to the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee and say, look, you know, we know that Congressman so-and-so was approached by this person. Uh, Would you please, you know, inform them or should we inform them that they have been approached by a spy? And and that was the only time. And he said that was extraordinarily rare, Uh, but that this is happening once a month and that other congressional members have no idea that they have been unmasked is is deeply concerning, not just to him, but also Senator Grassley, who we spoke with uh, at the House Judiciary Committee and others as well on background. Let's talk about what Peter King said. What do you know about that? 
Well, this is very interesting. Remember, this was what our sources had originally told us, that the concern wasn't just about that they were requesting the unmasking, but it appeared to be a type of weaponization of intelligence or political espionage, that they were gathering too much information that it exceeded far beyond Russia. And so I think there is a point there that if they're building up these type of dossiers on people, if they're looking at everything that they're doing, if this turns out to be true, then I think that certainly elevates this to a whole new level, Sean, because what we're saying is the fourth the Fourth Amendment, the foundation to our right for privacy, which is really what America is based on. It's based on this republic where we're guaranteed certain rights, where we're guaranteed the right not to be listened to or followed to. I mean, without warrant, without warrant, this raises it to a whole new level. When people in power have this capability and are able to access private information, we have to be very, very concerned. It sounds to me like this has nothing to do with Russia at all in any way, shape, matter, or form. And can you go a little bit deeper into what you have discovered as it relates, as it relates to, for example, the so-called Gates notifications and, you know, named after Robert Gates, uh, which goes to the Gang of Eight in, in Congress. And you have now top members and congressional figures now being intercepted and unmasked as often as once a month. I mean, this to me sounds so intrusive. Well, and, and to others, it's not just to you. I mean, this is this is um, intrusive on, on many different levels, and this is going to be another part of this investigation, right? I mean, if we're looking at the Gang of Eight, so what that includes is the House Speaker, the Minority Leader, um, the Democratic Leaders, Senate Republicans, and bipartisan heads of the Chambers of the Intelligence Committees. So now you're thinking that they're delivering this information, and it's going and unredacted to the executive branch intelligence report. So this is going all the way up to the top dogs in the White House, right? So they're going to have access to these these intercepts, and they're going to be able to see them. And now the, the congressional representatives, if they weren't told, right, if it wasn't involving, uh, for, for example, maybe being approached by a spy from another country, which happens, I mean, intercepting these calls is not rare. And that's something that um, Pete, Pete Hoekstra made very clear. He said, you know, the fact that they intercept calls like this is is not unreasonable because there are 535 members and and their assistants. Yeah, but you also say in your article it was rare during his tenure to be alerted that a lawmaker or congressional staffer had been unmasked unless there was a Absolutely. serious threat. That's where he says the concern comes in. The concern comes in when they are actually unmasked and then they are not notified that they've been unmasked. And then this information then reaches, you know, gets put in a dossier up to the highest levels of the executive branch, and they're able to see it. But the congressional representative can't see it or their aides. They don't know that they've been unmasked, so they're, they're, they're left out in the dark, right? And then we have to ask ourselves, well, what was the information? What was the request for unmasking this? Why were they unmasked? And, and I think those are the answers that, well, the executive branch and the intelligence community need to answer because – those are sure, sure enough, being questioned right now as violations of their Fourth Amendment and First Amendment rights. Yeah. You talk about three years ago that Charles Grassley was alerted to that a government whistleblower's communication with his staff was obtained by the intelligence community. I mean, that to me is so outrageous. Well, yeah. And then the fact that he didn't even really talk about that publicly. And then when he heard about this, he's like, look, we really need to, we really need to take a good look at what's going on here. I mean, we have 
whistleblowers going to Charles Grassley. I mean, I have people, you know, now coming out of the woodwork because they realize that this has been happening all the time and they want to share this information. I mean, remember when the CIA it was it was forced to admit that some of its employees spied into the computers of Democratic staffers. And we talk about that in our story, too. And Senator Dianne Feinstein. So, I mean, Grassley acknowledged that this is a very serious problem. And remember, this comes up for review this year um, in the Judiciary Committee, this expansion of the of the FISA, the, these these expansions that actually allowed people to request these unmaskings with such little information. So we've said this before, and I've said this on your show before, where they can just basically write down Susan Rice could request the unmasking of a certain phone intercept, and all she would have to say is for national security purposes. Well, that could mean anything. And, and, and just putting that down would allow her to unmask. So it wasn't like she had to give a lot of justification for unmasking people. And now we see it was happening. In well, Congress that goes to well. the rules that Obama got approved by the Pfizer Review Court in 2011, which was your earlier breakthrough report. Now we're seeing the magnitude of, of that rule change. And I guess, you know, to me, what where this seems to be headed and I'm I, I don't see any other justification. I can't think of any other possible reason in my own mind. It seems to be going to where I believe it is, and that is we have weaponized and we have politicized our intelligence community. More and more, my suspicion goes to the the higher echelon of government and government spy agencies, meaning like, i.e., CIA Director Brennan. Well, certainly a lot. There's going to be a lot of questions, especially when it goes when it when it comes to the CIA. By the way, whenever the whenever you start saying like when you slow down, I know you're <laughs> being very careful with your words. Let's go back to my original question. What I see happening here John. is the weaponization of intelligence, politicizing intelligence. And it, it the only logical place this goes is to those in the upper echelon, people like. CIA Director Brennan. Now you start talking slowly and carefully. Go ahead. <laughs> You're going to make me talk slowly. We have to be very careful. That's why I'm talking slowly and carefully. That's why I'm asking. All of this, all of this has to be based on evidence, right? We have to right. be able Agreed. to prove it publicly. That's why I'm asking a because... question. <laughs> but it does. It does. I am an awful human being. I don't even know why you come on my show. But I'm. But but, but I need. You're we need not... a serious answer to that. Because to me, yes, that's. We do. Yes, we do. And I, what I can say is this: you know, when we looked at these documents, and um, the scope didn't just focus on the Congress. It focused also as well. And if you look at some of the documents that we have posted, we've attached to Circa.com inside our stories. You'll see a very interesting, interesting point that you're trying to make. There were journalists, clergy, uh, doctors, lawyers that are also included in these uh, rules on FISA intercepts. Okay, so it's very interesting how the FBI intercepts people and unmasks them. In 2015, it became very specific and this is very important, Sean, because this was something that you had asked me about, you know, uh, just yesterday. And uh, when we were talking about this, you know, we're journalists swept up in this. All right. Well, stay, we don't know. I got to ask you when we get back if you found any information. I mean, do you know how many people are writing me, telling me I have been surveilled and unmasked? I have not been able to, to, 
to confirm that, but we'll ask Sarah Carter from Circuit News when we get back, a national security correspondent, senior national security uh, correspondent. Her new piece is up on Hannity.com from today if you need to get a link to it. 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll continue with Sarah. And at the bottom of the hour, Ann Coulter joins us to weigh in on this and Neil Gorsuch and the constitutional options. Hey, new reports show gun sales skyrocketing. Why? People are concerned about this, their Second Amendment rights. Crime is rising in a lot of big cities around the country, small towns. Gun companies are saying earnings are up 66% based on FBI data background checks. Look, before I ever they ever became an advertiser, I had a Liberty Safe because I did my research, and they are the best. I protect my weapons. I protect my valuables. I protect important papers in my Liberty Safes. I have five of them, and every safe comes with a lifetime warranty. Warranty and customer service is number one. You won't get best, better customer service from anybody in any business. And best of all, right now you can save up to 250 bucks when you buy at LibertySafe.com. Just use the promo code Hannity. Liberty will give you up to 250 bucks off in discounts and rebates. They are the best-built safes on the planet. Again, LibertySafe.com, promo code Hannity. One of the safes I love is the one that you know protects my firearms, and I have their smaller, quick-access handgun vaults that open up my fingerprint. Let's go to LibertySafe.com, put in my last name, Hannity, and you will save up to $250. All right, when we come back, Ann Coulter joins us on Neil Gorsuch and the constitutional option. And, of course, the latest on what is now becoming, I guess you can call it, I guess, the politicization of, of the intel community and the weaponizing of the intelligence community. All right, that's up next with Coulter and then your calls in the final hour. All right, as we continue, Sarah Carter now, who has been doing incredible investigative work on this whole issue of surveillance and unmasking and leaking of intelligence. She is the senior national correspondent for Circa.com, and she, along with John Solomon, have their latest piece out today about how U.S. spy agencies intercept and unmask congressional figures as often as once a month. And we have Peter King on record saying that, well, the information that was being gleaned by Susan Rice's unmasking, et cetera, contained personal dirt on people associated with Donald Trump. Well, he, he described it as news and information about their everyday lives, like a divorce case. We have attorneys and investigators looking into what a spouse is doing to the other spouse. Um, all right. So I, I know you probably because you're all over the story. Maybe people have asked you about me in this case. But I mean, I'm getting asked by everybody every single minute of every day. And I don't have an answer. And I'm just reading what everybody else is reading and uh, i haven't gotten any word back as of yet i mean what is all of this about me in this whole thing yeah well i think that you know people obviously see you i mean you've been very outspoken you've you had a very close relationship with president trump and of course you're swept up into this whirlwind of of controversy and i think you have a right to be concerned and wonder if you know there was any unmasking of your phone conversations now remember it would be conversations that you would have had from the United States to somebody foreign, or they could have rerouted it foreign to foreign back over to somebody else that was talking about you. So there's very interesting ways and different kinds of loopholes that would allow people to unmask and find out more information about you. Like I said, you've interviewed Julian Assange many times. If you had conversations with him on your cell phone, very easily your name could have been unmasked, Sean. The thing is, we don't know, right? Because they are such highly classified documents. And unless somebody's willing to leak that information, unless 
unless someone's willing to share that information. So I need a I need a friend inside the intelligence community that knows about it that would give me that information. Wouldn't that if, yes. look? I don't. I can't. I'm being very clear about this. I cannot confirm or corroborate this in any way, and I'm only reading what other people are reading. But wouldn't that open up for me a, a right for civil litigation and civil action against those people that surveilled and unmasked me? You know, I'm not a lawyer, but I believe it would. Um, I believe it would because there are certain amendment rights. And, you know, we think of certain protections, especially when it comes to um, and, and I don't know, especially when it comes to our our civil liberties and, you know, being able to speak privately to someone on a phone, especially when you're not conducting and you're not doing anything criminal, when there's no warrant for you, uh, when you're just a regular citizen with the right to believe the way you want to believe. And everybody has those rights. As long as you don't harm anyone else or you're not committing a criminal act, you should have the right to privacy. But one of the interesting things that we discovered in our reporting, both John and I, was that, you know, when the FBI wrote the rules um, in 2015, it actually came up with this idea of like of circumstances um, in which, you know, FISA intercepts could be unmasked and shared uh, in other sensitive professions. Like we think, I think of myself as a journalist as having, you know, extra care. They're going to take extra caution, right? Because the FBI is really not going to get, want to get involved in investigating me, per se, because I'm trying to report stories. We have sources. I mean, what happens? As long as I'm not violating any laws. You should not be. Inve- exactly. I, I've got to go, but I've got to praise you and, and John. I mean, you guys are like the Woodward and Bernstein of our time, and the work you've done has been phenomenal, and you're so generous in sharing this information with our audience. And uh, thank you, Sarah Carter, Circa News. When we come back, Ann Coulter, straight ahead. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. All right. We're going to bring in uh, Ann Coulter here in just a second. But first and foremost, let's let's go over Susan Rice lying just two weeks ago on PBS and then totally contradicting herself two days ago on NBC. I know nothing about this. I was surprised to see uh, reports from uh, Chairman Yunus on that uh, count today. I mean, let's back up and recall where we have been. Uh, the president of the United States accused his predecessor, President Obama, of wiretapping Trump Tower during the campaign. Nothing of the sort occurred. Did you seek the names of people involved in, to, to unmask the names of people involved in the Trump transition, the Trump campaign, people surrounding the, pre- the, the president-elect? Let me be clear. In order to spy on them, in absolutely, order to expose them. Absolutely not for any political purposes to spy, expose anything. I really don't know to what... Uh, Chairman Nunes was referring, but he said that whatever he was referring to was a a legal, lawful surveillance and that it was potentially incidental collection on American citizens. And I think it's important for for people to understand what incidental means. That means that the target was a either a foreign entity or somebody under criminal investigation. But the fact is that uh, in, the president did request uh, back in December that the intelligence community compile all of the information that it had on what had transpired during the campaign with respect to the Russians involving themselves uh, in the presidential campaign. And that report was provided uh, to the American people in unclassified form and to Congress uh, in classified form in early January. Did the pace accelerate during the transition, perhaps in early December, uh, perhaps when the president ordered an investigation into the hacking, the Russian hacking? Did the pace of unmasking requests, of your unmasking requests, accelerate 
toward the end of the White House tenure? And I can't say the pace of un unmasking requests would accelerate, but if you're asking were there more reports provided to senior U.S. officials after the president requested the compilation of the intelligence, which uh, was ultimately um, provided in January, yes. What happened was, as the IC went about the business... The intelligence which, community the intelligence went about the business of following up on the president's order. fulfilling the president's request for such a report. They went back and scrubbed more reports. They began to provide more such reports to American officials, including myself. This is not uh, anything uh, political has, has been alleged. The allegation is that somehow uh, Obama administration officials uh, utilized intelligence for political purposes. That's absolutely false. So it goes from knowing nothing to knowing everything and admitting unmasking. And that means acknowledging surveillance of a candidate and then a president-elect and his transition team. And all the reports now from Sarah Carter go a step further that they were looking not into anything connected to Russia, but to, into the personal lives of individuals, which then raises a lot of questions about how we have weaponized and politicized intelligence gathering in the country. Ann Coulter, author of the best-selling book in Trump We Trust, E Pluribus Awesome, is here to talk about this and obviously the constitutional option that is being used today. How are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? I'm good. It's always great to talk to you. By the way, I love reading rumors about you on the Internet. I'm not even going to mention them, but it was very entertaining from my perspective, considering our history together. Um, well, for people who don't know, <laughs> basically any... <laughs> Well, gossip columns are always sent in by by the agents. It was I don't on the talk AOL about my private life, but basically anyone that I am alleged to be dating, you know that in the universe of possible <laughs> people I could be dating, I am not dating those people. <laughs> it was very. It actually made the the wheel on AOL, which I thought was wow. This must be huge. And it's uh, weird. This one has been going around forever. Jimmy Walker and I are friends. No romance. Yep, and he's a great guy, too. I like him a lot. And, and you, a Republican. That's correct. All right, let's start with the, the lies and the top of her Benghazi lies and then contradicting and then admitting surveillance unmasking and Sarah Carter now saying it's about personal lives. Well, it's hilarious that this has gone. I mean, everything Trump says is hysterically denounced, and usually within two days it's proved true. Um, from the hysteria over at the very beginning, um, Mexico isn't sending their best. <laughs> and then, you know, what, a week later we get Kate Steinle. Um, we had the um, look at what's happening in Sweden. What are you talking about? Sweden's the safest place in the world. Huge riot, Muslim riots blow up. And now we've gone to, I mean, this is one of the most stunning turnabouts I've seen from Trump needs to apologize for, to Obama for accusing him of committing a felony and spying on, on the Trump. Trump campaign to, well, yeah, we were spying, but it wasn't political and it wasn't to love. We do it to everybody. It's the craziest turnabout. And now, you know, we at least understand um, it seems like kind of overkill to be so upset about Hillary losing um, for, for Democrats in the media to obsess on this nothing burger Russia story, um, which has completely collapsed. Um, and I wrote a little about that this week. Um, but now we see why they were doing it. This was going to be their excuse when they get exposed um, for spying on private citizens, unmasking them from the White House itself. I mean, it's getting to the point where we're going to find that Obama was actually crawling around, you know, wiring Trump Tower the way things are going. 
with their story unraveling, but now this is going to be their defense. Well, we had to because of this fear of Russian collusion with the Trump team. Um, and if I could just mention one thing that hasn't been, hasn't been talked about because there's no evidence for Russia trying to influence the election. Um, I, what I wrote about this week is I hadn't seen anyone else say this. The basic story, apart from the absence of evidence, the basic story is, is cockamamie. Their claim is um, Russia wanted Trump to win, point one. Point two, the, the, their, their dastardly plan for accomplishing making Trump the president of the United States was to get in and release emails from the DNC showing that the DNC was, was being horrible to Bernie Sanders. <laughs> It's just a crazy theory on every level. This is Russia is a nation trained in spycraft. Um, we didn't even know. Um, we American experts in in politics didn't know how this election was going to turn out. Remember, the Democrats were praying, "Oh, we want to run against Trump. Ha ha ha! This is a disaster for Republicans." On the day of the election, New York Times had Hillary with a ninety. One percent chance of winning, but um, oh, and plus the idea that Russia would not want to deal with the corrupt, viable president Hillary Clinton, but rather a loose cannon who wants to drill Donald Trump. Um, but how would releasing these emails with the DNC and Debbie Wasserman Schultz going after Bernie Sanders? How does that help? Trump. It could have been the worst thing that happened to Trump. The Democrats might have gotten their act together and said, "Oh my gosh, she's taking us." down to defeat. We've got to have a come-to-Jesus moment with, with Hillary and tell her she's got to drop out, out we're running Joe Biden. Um, you just never know how these things are going to affect an election. And the idea that this was Russia's idea, add to that the fact that Julian Assange, I mean, quite obviously the logical leaker here, is someone within the DNC uh, who thought Hillary's taking us down to defeat. We've had it with the David Brocks and the De Debbie Wasserman Schultz's um, leaking this stuff. Um, and that's what Julian Assange says, as well as one of his associates. That's where they say it came from, a, a DNC whistleblower, which is the only story that makes sense. Well, it was actually one of his associates. He's never confirmed it. I did ask him when I had a chance to interview him. You know, it's funny how he comes under fire, but the New York Times printed everything he printed. Well, he did clearly say it's not Russia. He'd say, he said, said that not directly. That the guy who collected it, um, allegedly, he describes where it was a DNC whistleblower passed him the emails. It was a park near American University. And whatever you think of it, Julian Assange, he may be, you know, a reckless zealot. Nobody says he's a liar. He's very nearly the opposite. He's, you know, maybe a, a little too self-righteous, but he's not the kind of person who lies. He says, not Russia. It's a DNC whistleblower. And again, the whole story, it only makes sense as a DNC whistleblower. Um, but now we see why they're so obsessed with these weird connections and and really crazy conspiracy theories, which is always a specialty of the left. They need to pretend there's some sort of collusion between Trump and Russia to explain why they were using the apparatus of, of the federal government, national security, deep state intelligence to spy on political opponents. Well, and it gets deeper. And this goes to the heart of Sarah Carter's big breakthrough article today, and that is that not only were they surveilling and unmasking, and in the case of General Flynn leaking, which is a felony, but we now find out that almost it resembled almost a private investigator's file, and the information is about people's everyday lives, and, and that's confirmed by Peter King of New York, the congressman. He said it's sort of like in a divorce case where the lawyers are hired, investigators are hired, 
just to find out what the other person is doing morning until night until you try and piece it together. Right, right. and uh, That's well, a police this, state, Ann. This is now, I, I know, well, the, the police state is now in the control of Donald Trump, and I think they got to start declassifying and releasing all this stuff. I mean, I suspect what they're doing is... Um, allowing the Democrats to go out more and more and more on a limb um, before revealing the truth. But this is now in the control of President Trump. Um, and it may be, and I doubt it'll be particularly embarrassing, it might be a little embarrassing for some people who are being secretly surveilled, but um, I think it's worth it. This is a pretty shocking... I may have to hire you as my lawyer, too, because I got Jay Sekulow and Joe DeGeneva, and maybe I'll get you and Levin and part of my, my team if I was surveilled in a mess. What do you think? Uh, oh, you're just going to be talking about the penny plan. It'll be fine. <laughs> Gee, thanks a lot, Ann. You know, just at least let's create an image that it might be a little more interesting than that, you know? You that your tapes be released because I, I want to see them all. I mean, if they were going after you, I have no problem. I have um, no problem. If they were, I mean, that really does show how crazy and how political. No, this is. that would it's just it's tied in with the whole this obsession with Bill O'Reilly right now. And if we could just have a little footnote on that, what com, Fox News compared to other cable networks? Good grief! I bet at one prominent cable network. Listen, I, you oh and I know. Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable! You and I, network. you and I know more stories. And by the way, also the heads of networks. If you know what I'm talking about. Stay right there. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, more with Ann Coulter. Hey, maybe you have an old phone. Maybe you like to donate it or resell your old phone. you got to be careful because identity thieves, they purposely purchase old phones. They apply scanning technology, and they're able to dig up personal information, and they can recreate your identity and open accounts in your names. Now, if you're going to get rid of an old phone instead of smashing it, which I recommend, take five minutes, take out the SIM card, the SD card, encrypt your data, wipe it clean like Hillary, use bleach bit, and it will be time well spent. Now, Identity theft is America's fastest-growing crime. That's when thieves destroy your name and reputation, use your identity, pretend they're you, buying things on your credit, liquidating your bank, your retirement accounts. In this day and age, you need LifeLock.com to protect yourself because LifeLock is scanning hundreds of millions of transactions every single second of every day. You have a problem, they, they alert you and fix it. And if your information, if they detect it, they'll send you the alert. If you have a problem, they fix it, unlike free credit monitoring. LifeLock, the best identity theft protection available. Memberships as low as $9.99 a month. LifeLock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. Mention my name, Hannity, you save 10%. LifeLock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. More with and Coulter on the other side. All right, News Roundup Information Overload Hour here on the Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. Oh, we got little Chucky Schumer, uh, of course, crybaby Schumer, and uh, he's out there attacking the president, trying to sound like a tough guy. Mr. Uh, Mr. Filibuster himself, Mr. Obstructionist himself, listen to this. When Donald Trump campaigned, one of the main issues he campaigned on was that China takes us out to lunch, stealing millions of American jobs, trillions of American dollars in wealth through unfair trade practices. And yet since Donald Trump has become president, when it comes to trade, his policies make America look like a 98-pound weakling. He has done virtually nothing. Isn't this the same crybaby Schumer we've known about forever? Pretty unbelievable. And I named my daughter, her middle name is Emma. Named for Emma Lazarus, the great poet who wrote those lines on the pedestal of the uh, Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, 
Your huddled masses yearning to breathe three, free. What we the rest? So this executive order. Was mean spirited, un American. Un American. It was implemented in a way that created chaos and confusion across the country, and it will only serve to embolden and inspire those around the globe who will do us harm. I noticed uh, Chuck Schumer yesterday with fake tears. I'm going to ask him who is his acting coach. Because uh, I know him very well. I don't see him as a crier. If he is, he's a different man. There's about a 5% chance that it was real, but I think there were fake tears. I say, where was the outrage of the Democrats when all of our companies were fleeing to Mexico and to other places far away and leaving jobs behind? Now they're all coming back. You know, uh, joining us now, Rick Unger and Jonathan Gillum. We're going over all the news of the day, which is varied. Top story obviously remains surveillance. Now we've discovered that they're literally looking into the private lives, like divorce hearings of Trump associates. And, of course, the Republicans using the constitutional option. Uh, Mr. Unger, you want to uh, weigh in on your your buddy Chucky? You love Chucky, don't you? (laughs) Chucky Cheese. Actually, I got a bigger kick out of hearing you cry there. That was pretty good. Uh, You know, listen, I don't know why Chucky is so upset, because that executive order he was crying about, it's still stuck in the courts. Oh, so. you mean your judge shopping little technique worked? Is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> judge shopping. Oh, come on. They went judge shopping. You, you know they judge went judge shopping. shopping. Wait, based on the states? Yeah, I guess that's probably true. You pick states that are going to yeah, be exactly. good. Except that it doesn't entirely work out because the states end up coming together. Uh, and I'll tell you what. Well, then they the know they're ninth, going to the Ninth Circuit. The Ninth Circuit's going to surprise you now. I doubt it. I think the Ninth Circuit's going to come down a different way. But well, the Ninth Circuit is embarrassed because about over 80% of the time they are overturned. Well, no, they, I thought the Ninth Circuit was right the first time around. I think it's hard to make the case this time around. What do you think, Jonathan? I think Chuck Schumer, when he talks, it's like this. That's not Chuck Schumer at all. <laughs> that is so bad. That is not a good Chuck Schumer. <laughs> it's just a little bit off. He has a little more rasp in his voice. But uh, I'm, I'm really scared. Yeah, I'm that, really worried now the because I'm afraid that – Muslim, uh, I call them fundamentalists, everybody else calls them extremists, are going to attack us now because um, uh, somebody is, well, first of all, he misquoted what uh, uh, what the Statue of Liberty says. But I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think we have to right worry. Between tears. Yeah, yeah, right. You know what, listen, I, I, I know we're joking about this, but this is a perfect example of why we're in the mess that we're in in this country because we, we of these political games. He's talking about Trump as though he's been in office for years and years. He's been in office three months. He hasn't done – there's nothing that has been able to be done where we see lasting effects. So I don't know what this guy's talking yeah, crying about. I hate about. to do this, but I'm going to agree with you on that. Yes. Look, I have, I, have seen, <laughs> I have seen the memo uh, that got leaked with respect to what Trump's plans are with renegotiating mm-hmm. on NAFTA. And I will tell you, I was a little surprised that it was as soft as as it was. And we'll see if that holds up. But uh, no, I mean, after three months, I'm not sure you can say that he's done nothing on trade because I don't think you could expect him to do something yet on trade. There's yeah. been no negotiation to take place. So, yeah, I've you know, I, I actually when I heard that, I wonder why is Senator Schumer stretching to that degree? There's enough. If he wants to go after the president, there's lots there he can pick on. Yeah. Uh, it's a little premature to do it on trade. But I tell you what, I think you I think Sean. You're going to be disappointed when you see what he has in mind. 
Uh, I'm not as anti-trade, so I was not particularly disappointed with what he has in mind. You guys, I know, have a stronger point of view on that the other way. Uh, I think you'll I be disappointed. Think it, I think it's going to be a negotiation tactic, and I think these co- these countries that don't practice fair trade with us are are going to get a, one or two of them will get slapped in the head, and then might. everybody and then everybody else will fall that, in line because they, they they need this work with the United States. That's possible. All right, so we have the the read option. And for the first time in a couple of hundred years, we've got a partisan filibuster where Democrats won't allow an up or down vote. And you have two former majority leaders in the Senate, Bob Dole from Kansas and Trent Lott from Mississippi, saying it's time to let it go. And the rules have changed because the Senate has changed and the Senate has become a bitter partisan. Become the House. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I actually but, but here's the thing. Republicans are stupid. Republicans play by different rules. If it's Elena Kagan, we know a left winger, right? If it's Ruth Bader Ginsburg, we know a left winger. Sonia Sotomayor, we know a left winger. Republicans, they go along, they allow the vote. Okay, they don't have to. They play along, they, and there's no reciprocity here. You can't tell me there's one thing wrong with Neil Gorsuch's background credentials to sit on the Supreme Court. No, not. Not. I mean, I may disagree with some of his rulings, but that's the but point. But that's not. You know what? When you elect a president that's right. a Republican, you know what you're going to get? You're going to get a conservative Supreme Court justice, that's right. whether you like it or not. The time no, to fight that battle is not now. The time to have fought that battle was before the election. I, so I think for the Republicans, the best thing is what they're doing. They're, they're using the constitutional option. I'd get rid of cloture on every vote. I and actually, the, I think you'd be disappointed if you did. I, I, I think why? it's a shame. You, you win thought, the House or Senate, and it now means something. I, I thought it was a shame when Harry Reid did it. I was against that, right? Because to me, and I mean, I understood his reasoning just like I understand McConnell's reasoning now. But you take those kinds of issues to the people, you don't destroy the one thing that makes the Senate a more deliberative body than the House of Representatives. If this go, if this continues, it happened today. It is what it is. If they continue down this road and they do away with the legislative filibuster, well, what a what an awful awful shame. I, I just think you know I'm going to go a little philosophical here in that we have no individual thinkers in politics anymore. You have the Senate, you have uh, the Rep- House of Representatives, you have the presidency, the Supreme Court, and the only way that they make decisions is based on party lines. That's it. I mean, there's no individual they thinkers in the Republican Party that say what you just said, Sean, that say, hey, listen, we got to stand up and we got to go forward on this. There, you don't see with the what's going on with this this uh, spy gate stuff. The Republicans should be going nuts about this brand new congressman that just stepped in to uh, this field of a career should be going ballistic, saying, I will not work under an environment where we may be spied on. But you're not you're not hearing that from anybody. And that's, well, that's because we don't yet know. I mean, but it's don't have because the their allegiance is to two political private organizations and not to the American people and not to Look, the office. This, that they this hold. whole thing, this whole thing that's happening today, the nuclear option, what I find so astounding, you don't have to be a political science genius to know that this is not a good strategy on the part of the Democrats. 
I've been squawking about this on my show for weeks. This is not an intelligent strategy. You know what? There is, what, at least a 75 or 25 percent chance that we're going to get to the last year of this president's term, and that's going to be when he needs to pick a justice, right? Right. I would have loved to have heard the Republicans explain why it's okay to do it in that year when it wasn't okay when it was another president. Now, because you chose to fight over a nominee who is getting approved. It was always clear he's going on the Supreme Court. All they're doing is playing to the base. They aren't doing their job. No. Aren't you worried at the admission of unmasking, the contradiction of, 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 of what's her name? Um, Farkas. No. Price. The Are other you still, still on Farkas. Uh, what? No. He's still on that. By the way, did you, did you ever get a lawyer up? I'm not going to answer the question. Did you ever get it? Come on. Did you, ever, you? I mean, her talking. I mean, I'm trying. Did she know that I was actually trying to help her? Oh, I told Evelyn her. Farkas. I actually told her you were. I was like, D- I'm, she's going to. She's in trouble, dude. She's in big trouble. She is being very capably represented. <laughs> so you got Susan Rice out there and she's out there. You know, now we've learned from Sarah Carter today that, in fact, they're, they're looking into the personal lives of people. This has nothing to do with yeah, Russia. Except, except you guys are you're getting as ahead of the story as the other side. No, got. we're not. Well, let me tell you why you are. You know, as far as anything that we know, it is entirely possible that there's nothing to the Susan Rice story. And there's nothing. Susan Rice admitted I'm she sorry, had wait, wait, people. Wait, wait, wait. She admitted that, that's surveillance. That's not illegal. It's illegal when you leak it. If she leaks okay. something, but she's the so, NSA director, she can It happened to General Flynn. Hold on, John. But we it's don't know also, who leaked it. It's also illegal if you are read into a program and then you take that information and then you give it to somebody else in the government. Yeah, that's but we don't know illegal. that she did. Why did why did Farkas need to know this? See, I don't think she had a need now, you're, to know. You're, well, well, hold on a second. You say I'm we're talking but, about Rice, but here, well, you can't talk about Rice without talking about her and everybody sure else, can. because the information that uh, Rice unmasked is the same information that Farkas is talking about. So in that case, it got disseminated. No, I mean you're you're no, making a. You're making a very big leap there. That there's you, n- there's no you may you may get there at some point, but we're not there there's, yet. To there's me, no leap. To me, it's we, the well, same. We went from two weeks ago to she's no. I know nothing. I remember Sergeant no, but Schultz she from wasn't Hollywood talking Heroes. about that. I know, I know nothing. nothing. Right? Remember? Yes. And then then we got to oh yeah, surveillance took place. Oh yeah, I did a masking of Trump people. That is not and an now, accurate. By the way, Sarah Carter has gotten everything right to this point. Now she's saying they're going after the personal lives of individuals, which means and proves. It was weaponizing See, the intelligence community. All you guys Stay are right doing. There. Sean Hannity here for my friends at American <laughs> Financing. Hey, by the way, you own a lot of property, right? As it happens. Well, listen, American <laughs> Financing is a national mortgage uh, banker that I recommend for you. And you know what it's like when you have people that aren't salary-based or commission-based. It's not good for you because right. they're trying to sell you stuff. But right. all the guys at American Financing are salary-based, simple, straightforward, honest, they listen to your situation. They discuss your financial goals. They help customize a loan program specific for your needs. Now, we know interest rates are going to go up. That's inevitable. And so before that happens, if you take 10 minutes of your time, you can get pre-qualified just like Rick Unger. And with American financing and no upfront fees, they utilize every big loan in the industry, jumbo, FHA, VA, conventional. Did you use all those in the course of your life? Yes. Everyone. At okay. different times. He's rich. And rates are at historic lows, and that means monthly payments may be as low as $500, $1,000 less a month. That's money in your pocket. 
So call American Financing now, 800-852-2010, 800-852-2010, online at AmericanFinancing.net. We'll wrap things up, get to your calls in the next half hour. News Roundup Information Overload, Rick Unger and Jonathan Gillum, straight ahead. All right, as we continue, Rick Unger and Jonathan Gillum staying with us. News Roundup Information Overload Hour. All right, so what I'm trying to understand is why you aren't more upset that we now know your friend Evelyn Farkas said it. She admitted that there was surveillance, unmasking. She's talking about, let's get it to our friends, our colleagues on the Capitol, on Capitol Hill. Well, that would sound to me, and I'm not an attorney, but that sounds to me like leaking intelligence. See, that's my problem. I am an attorney. And that's why you haven't heard me screaming about President Trump uh, and his people collaborating with with somebody from overseas because I haven't seen any evidence to prove that yet. And I haven't seen any evidence to prove that Susan Rice did anything wrong. When I see evidence on either, both or none, that's when I'll have an opinion. What about what she's admitting to and and how she contradicted what she said two weeks ago? Because she didn't, you know, that's not fair. What she said two weeks ago was not in response to the same Play the beginning of her two weeks ago when she says she knows nothing. Well, I know play nothing the whole about thing. this. I was surprised to see uh, reports from uh, Chairman Yunus. I know that, nothing uh, about this. Today. That's not very I mean, useful without the question that she's answering. All right, but she's talking about the very specific <laughs> issue. So wait, if I sit there and I go, I know nothing, am I guilty? But then she goes on to NBC and she admits she knew everything about it. But she you didn't know, say she you, knew nothing Rick, to this stuff. The very Rick. thing she's saying she knew nothing about. No, you know, play we, the question. It, it, let's look in the context of how, and I hate to say these initials, but CNN has covered this. And like Don Lemon, (laughs) for instance, if, you know, sometimes when the cops roll up on a scene and there's a dead body there, um, there's no evidence. And so they have to do an investigation. That's right. They don't just assume that nothing has happened here and that the person just died. I'm all for an investigation. Well, according to the mainstream media and a lot of these uh, people on the left, we should just let this go. There's no evidence here. That's why that's why. When you say the things that you say, you have to be very careful with that because there is more circumstantial evidence here. When we look at Farkas, when we look at Susan Rice, you do see that they were moving around information that was unmasked by Susan right, but, Rice. But wait, let's let's just said a few things straight there. Number one, I'm not CNN. I'm telling you what I see. I have always been mistrustful of circumstantial evidence, and I apply the same to Mr. Trump's situation, sure. right? Show me evidence. I have no objection whatsoever to an investigation of that. Mm-hmm. None whatsoever. You got a question, it should be investigated. And if the investigation turns, turns up evidence that she or anybody in the, in the previous administration did anything wrong, go get them. The problem is, the problem is the people who are going to be doing the investigations, one, don't want to, it's half of them are establishment from the GOP and they don't like Trump. The other half are Democrats who hate Trump. So the, See, this is why we need an outside body. I can't body. be responsible for that. I know, I know. And I'm all for an independent investigation. That's why I think, I think James Comey but should it, be. But it's the Republicans that won't let that happen. I think James Comey should be fired, and I think a. Uh, how, do you fi- to, how do you fire him? He's got well, a 10-year term. No, you well, have to you, ask him to resign. You, you have to ask him to resign, but you also can look and see if he's done malpractice of his job, and then you can, you can ask uh, him. See, listen, I, my take is very clear, and I think the what, what we see unfolding before our eyes is going to be much deeper than Watergate ever was, mm-hmm. and that is we are now weaponized and politicized intelligence gathering in the country. That is the beginning of a police state. As a liberal, you should be on my side Only, about this. I, I'm on your side once okay. I know that it happened. But I just you're I, presuming it happened, no, and I'm, I'm not making that I presumption. Am, I'm citing Fox News's report from yesterday that says they literally look. Peter King said. 
This information is about people's everyday lives. I've got to let you both go. By the way, uh, I love having you both in studio. Good to see you both. Thanks for you being with it. us. Aiden. Always fun. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. <laughs> All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls here in just a minute. I want to update you on the story. Remember this 14-year-old girl forced into a bathroom stall repeatedly and brutally raped in Rockville High School in Maryland by two illegal alien teenagers. And those accused, one of which had a pending deportation order, were 17, 18 years old. But under the district sanctuary uh, policy, they were placed in ninth grade. And a detailed and gruesome account of of this rape we have talked about in detail. And uh, this local uh, national outrage about this is a group called that has put a petition together called Stand United, calling for the superintendent, Jack Smith, to reverse the sanctuary policies there. And I wanted to get an update on this. And the senior campaign organizer for Stand United is Angela Morbidos with us. Uh, Angela, how are you? Hi, Sean. I'm doing well. Well, explain to me, obviously, did you see that the lawyers for these two illegal immigrants are claiming that this was consensual sex with the 14-year-old girl? Uh, What are the laws in Maryland as it relates to statutory rape? What are the age consent laws? Well, you know, I'm I'm definitely not an expert on those, but I can tell you that, you know, there is is no, none of that's supposed to be happening inside a school, let alone during school hours, when you have two people who are perpetrating this, who dragged her into a bathroom stall. They're 17 and 18. She's 14. There are so many layers here of how this is illegal. Okay, so now what? what is your petition calling for, that they stop being a sanctuary city or? So our petition asks the school superintendent to come up with a policy that at least looks into the background of new students who are enrolling in school. Uh, Montgomery County Public Schools right now has a policy where anyone can show up and be allowed into their public schools, no questions asked about their background. In fact, that's why these two uh, suspects were considered freshmen. They had come across the border in 2016. They had no educational records. And instead of asking why not, the school just said, okay, great, I guess you're a freshman. That's pretty unbelievable to me. That, uh, you know, I just, uh, I don't understand the, the thinking and the mindset that, you know, you know, this is one of the, my biggest arguments that's been nobody realizes that we're spending billions and billions and billions of dollars a year on education, on health care, the criminal justice system. And that is that is not even the most devastating impact of illegal immigration. Then you have people that are competing for jobs at lower wages. So that puts Americans out of work. Then you've got those people that commit crimes. I've given the statistics when I sat through a a a briefing down, a security briefing down in Texas with then-Governor Rick Perry, 642,000 crimes, including murders and rapes, against Texans just in a seven-year period of time. I was stunned and shocked. And, you know, here we have an incident where you have people in the country illegally and you have a sanctuary city policy, and then you have the 18- and 17-year-old kids in with 13-, 14-year-old kids in school, and a rape happens, and then they claim it's consensual. It just doesn't make any sense to me. This, this whole story is just so sad and so tragic that now you have a 14-year-old girl whose life has been changed forever because nobody, none of the adults who were supposed to be educating her and at least keeping her safe while she's in school every day, because none of them thought to ask questions of men. Well, one of the men was an adult. The other one is 17, so just shy of the age's majority. No one asked them any questions. 
And I mean, you think about how something like this happens and the, the bureaucracy in place failed this girl at every level. Unbelievable. All right. Well, thank you for the update. And if people want to sign your petition, where do they go to it? You can check us out at standunited.org or on Facebook at Stand United Petitions. Uh, we hope that you will sign this petition. It's going to go to the school superintendent. And we're looking forward to getting a policy in place to make sure this never happens again. All right. Thanks, Angela, for all you're doing. We really appreciate it. Thanks for the update. 800 941 Sean. Toll free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Kimberly is in Idaho. Kimberly, welcome to the Sean Hannity Show. Glad you are with us. Hi, how are you doing, Sean? I'm good. How are you today? I am in shock. <laughs> What's the matter? I mean, well, the thing that I also just realized and uh, was that you were part of, you were partly surveilled along with, I can't remember the gentleman's first name, but yeah. his last name was Prince. Yeah, Eric Prince. Uh, listen, I've read the stories. I've got, I've been very clear on Twitter. I have not been able to confirm, although I have my sources looking into it, I have not been able to confirm or corroborate that I was surveilled or unmasked as, you know, all these stories. I mean, I've seen a number of them now all over the place. I've not been right. able to independently confirm that, but I am making it very clear that if, in fact, that did happen to me, and I consider it such a violation, because, look, there's no way that I was picked up in any incidental in, legal incidental surveillance because I don't no, know. But this is a this is a thing that concerns me as an American. We did not sign up for this. We did not sign up for a police state. No, we didn't. And we've had one liar after another in the Oval Office. Yeah. Started with Clinton, then I went to George Bush, getting us into Iraq under false pretenses. Then it went to you know, then it went to Obama. And it's ridiculous. It's out of hand. And, and the, I was I uh, read this article that um, Hillary's plan for you and Barack Obama's plan for you, too, was that if Hillary won, that they were going to try to get you fired from Fox. I didn't. Because, see, where did you see that? I did not see that. Um, it was an article. It was on it was on Facebook about no. how how Obama did not like you because you you didn't paint him in a flattering light. Listen, Basically, all of that's true. from the Kool-Aid. Look, nobody vetted him harder and got to the truth of— uh, Look, I think I've been proven through the prism of history that I was dead-on accurate even beyond my imagination as it relates to Obama. I know he hated it. I mean, he mentioned me, you know, a dozen times and then was told by somebody to stop because I kept using every time he did it as a promo. And yep. so, you know, my, my only answer to him is, is listen, I, nothing surprises me. You know, you got to remember, remember the secret police stories that Dick Morris used to tell about the Clintons? And then you've got the IRS being used. Now we've got confirmation they've weaponized the intelligence community i mean this blockbuster discovery that they they were more interested in getting into the private lives of individuals than any more than anything else um i'm not afraid of whatever they have, might have done to me but i uh, listen i i will not stop and i'm i would do this just for the principle that no american and if it happened if it ever turned out it was me that no american because of their political point of view should be surveilled and unmasked 
And so if it if I ever get to confirm it and I have people looking, people that like me within the intelligence community are looking into it for me. If my source is ever I'm, I'm glad because it's ridiculous. And the thing is, is I wish that Trump wouldn't have signed signed over our search histories to our to be released, you know, yeah, like listen, our housing history. All, listen, all of that is the beginning of a police state. Everything you're yeah. talking about is this is it. Now, if they want to embarrass me, intimidate me, silence me, that's not going to happen. And I'm willing to. And I'm so glad. I love watching your show, and I love how how hard hitting you are toward these. Listen, people. I I make a lot of enemies. I'm I'm not surprised. I mean, not, I have for years assumed that my tax returns are gone over with a fine-tooth comb. And percentage-wise, even my own accountant says to me, what are you doing? You know, you really should be taking these deductions. Um, and I'm, my next question is, is it going to likely trigger an audit? Yes. Okay, leave it in. Just don't, uh, don't take it. Because th- it's not worth it to me to be the target. And even with those protections that I put in place, I still get attacked by them. I st- I'm dealing with a case right now with the IRS, and it's ridiculous. And it's absolutely ridiculous what they're what they're trying to look at here. But you know, I, this, this is my this this goes with the territory. A lot of good things. I get to meet nice people like you. I get to talk to great Americans like you. And I am um, not shy about expressing my political views. I just don't know the answer. I can't give a. I don't know. I can't confirm. I have my sources looking, and if I get an answer, I promise I will be forthcoming, but I have not been able to confirm it, and I keep reading the same things that you're reading, and uh, I'm not surprised at all to see it, to be perfectly blunt. Brian is in New York City, the all-new AM710 WOR, the talk of New York, New Jersey, Long Island. How are you, sir? Hi, Sean. You're doing a great job. I got to tell you, I love your show. Thank you, love sir. What you and Mark Levin are Thank unveiling. Me. It's it's God, great God, stuff. God bless us. Uh, my question is, uh, Devin Nunes knew about the unmasking back in January, I, I, I understand. Why is it that James Comey came before Congress and he didn't really suggest that, that they were investigating this these intelligence leaks? Now, where is he? All this is coming out on Susan Rice. Where is James Comey in this whole charade? Uh, it's a really good question. I mean, it bothers me that he acknowledges one type of investigation is going on, the, the Russia investigation. When asked about the felony committed with the intelligence leaking, he just has nothing to say about it. And his answer is the standard, well, we don't talk about potential or ongoing investigations, then why did you just five minutes ago start talking about the, quote, Russia investigation, even though we all know there's no evidence up until this point? So I, I fear, actually, that Comey may have been politicized now. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know the guy, and the way he's acting is kind of bizarre, unpredictable. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure why he's doing the things he's doing, and it's troublesome to me especially in light of the seriousness in what we know about surveillance of a presidential candidate, a president-elect, his transition team, and now the new discovery that they're looking into the personal lives of all these people, nothing to do with any real national security investigation. That means we have weaponized our intelligence community, and that's a very, very dangerous position for the United States of America to be in. Um, Anyway, Brian, good call, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, let's say hi to Shannon in Florida. Shannon, hi. How are you? And we're glad you called. Hi. How are you? Thank you so much. Um, I've been listening to you for a while. And I'm telling you, Sean, 
you have a real chance. I'm, I'm so telling you, you keep screaming and telling us, and, and I believe you, and I want to believe you, but you keep saying how you want to keep everybody accountable and hold everybody, and you have a chance. I'm they s- have to prove you guilty. They, you, you don't have to prove it. Nail them to the wall, Sean. You have a chance. If they're surveilling you, make them prove that they're not. Well, I listen, I, I'm going to be very judicious, very cautious, but also very thorough. No, they're not being cautious. Well, but the thing Why is, I, you? but I, well, because I, I believe in the rule of law. I mean, but in other words, just because, just because I read something doesn't mean I, I necessarily believe it. Now, somebody somewhere in the intelligence community clearly, in my opinion, leaked that this happened. That's my take on it. But I've not been able to independently corroborate or confirm this. So I'm, all I'm doing is due diligence. I'm using every insider source I have trying to get to the answer. And as of now, I can't confirm or corroborate anything at all has happened that is inappropriate. I can't confirm I've been surveilled. I can't confirm I've been unmasked. I don't know. Um, am I worried about it? A lot of people, look, I really appreciate it. A lot of people are writing me worried for me. Because they oh, see it worried. as such an invasion of privacy. You. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm telling all my friends, I'm not worried. I don't care. You know, I'm, there's nothing they can do to hurt me. I and then there's no, I, look. But you. You. Can you, you will discover down. that I curse a lot more than you think I do. Oh no, I believe you. But here, think about this. You have a team. They make phone calls for you all the time. I know they do because you're a very busy person. So how do you know your team wasn't surveilled? It's not fair to them that you aren't taking up the staff and saying, okay, if you're going to do this to me, if somebody leaked this. By the way, if they ever surveilled Linda, I mean, it would be, it would be, every word would have to be bleeped. It would never get. I begin every phone call with, hello, the NSA, and then I continue. And then you continue. By the way, I do that a lot, too. I've been doing it for years. But that's Okay. You got to think about what you. I'm, I'm challenging you to put your money where your mouth is. You want to hold them accountable? Listen, do it. Listen, I, I can promise you this: if I ever do confirm, and I don't know where this is going, I really and and to be honest, I'm so focused on my job; it's not been top of mind for me. I'm very honest here. I've got friends. I've got friends. Some of the you know them: Joe DeGeneva, uh, Jay Seculo. I have. These guys have already agreed to represent me because that would be cause for civil action. And that means I'd be able to depose every single person involved in any surveillance of me or any unmasking of me. And by the way, I promise one thing. If it happened, if it turns out it's true, I will not stop. Every one of them will be deposed under oath. And I will I will chase this down to the to the I'll squeeze every bit of truth I could get out of these people. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.